So it's Mother's Day. And, you know, I love mums. I think they're great. And I think you mums are awesome. You need to know that. It's a tough job. And uh, I just want to honour you for that. But I want to talk not so much to mums, but about the motherhood of God and even God's feminine attributes. How about that? Because although God is known repeatedly throughout the Bible as father, he most definitely shares the attributes of a mother. Not that there are any verses that say God is a mother, uh, but God is compared to a mother. And he's even likened, if you read through the Bible, he's even likened to a hen brooding over her chicks. A very feminine picture. But as one author has once said, We should no more worship him as Mother God than we should pray to God the Holy Chicken. (laughs) So I just thought I'd put that in to be clear. But this is what I want us to see first of all, that motherhood comes from God. Okay, motherhood comes from God. It's a reflection of God that we need to understand about him. So when God says at the beginning of Genesis, let's make man in our image according to our likeness in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So motherhood comes from God and creating in them and initiating through them both masculine and feminine characteristics which, when combined, make the ideal recipe for parenting. Although I appreciate that this hasn't always been our experience. We've not all had great experiences of fathering or mothering. Some families, uh, there's many families that experience brokenness and difficulty. But that's God's kind of ideal, that's his plan, the combining of a mum and a dad in that way. So motherhood comes from God, And, uh, I mean, there are all sorts of reasons why that doesn't always work, isn't there? There's absent parents, there's inadequate role models, uh, and none of us either are able to provide perfect parenting. So I'm sorry if you were, if you had that sort of great illusion, uh, before this morning that you were the perfect parent, or if you're just starting out in parenting and you think, I am going to be the perfect parent, I'm sorry. There just aren't any perfect parents. But there is one who will never fail us and who is able to heal and restore us. So God is our father, but he also has all the attributes of a mother. The the psalmist says God sets the lonely in families. God is all about family and we can see these attributes mirrored in the church in the family of God. So men and women who are fathers and mothers to us. We may not have had that in our upbringing or in our background, but through God, through his example, through who he is and his fathering, and also through the church, we want to see those things redeemed amongst us. And uh, it, I think it's great to just have a church full of men and women who father us and mother us and parent us. That's what we want to see as a church uh, a jubilee here. So what are some of these attributes of the motherhood of God? Well, I just want to show you three things. There are many more, but I just want to stick to three this morning. And the first one is this, that he is a God who comforts. And there are many places in the Bible 
which talk about a God who gives comfort. And this isn't exclusively a feminine trait. You know, fathers are also able to bring comfort and reassurance. And with our own kids, we found with the kids growing up, it was often mum they wanted when they were ill. And uh, they were crying and, and, and they were ill because mum just was a lot more patient, I think, with that. I've grown in patience over the years, but certainly with our kids, Alison was much better with the kids when they were ill. But I was, I was good when the kids woke up in the night and they'd had a bad dream. Somehow I could bring that kind of reassurance during that time. So mum's comfort and so do dad's. But there is a special kind of comforting that mothers bring, which God identifies himself with. So in Isaiah chapter 66, verses 12 to 14, it says this, For this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of the nations like a flooding stream. You will feed and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted, people of God. So here God describes himself as comforting the people of God through the people of God, and that this comfort is like a mother comforting a child. I just love that picture. I mean, I've just been in my imagination this week, imagining what it is to be carried by God and dandled on his knee. That's an exciting idea to me, that that would be a picture of God. I mean, do you know that kind of fun with God? Do you know him sort of dandling you on his knee like that? As a mother comforts her child. So how does a mother comfort a child in a way that a father can't do? Well, it's at the breast. This is all about God's nurturing of us. It's about provision. And so to be comforted by God is to be nurtured by him. And God is a God of comfort. And this is the role that Jesus ascribed in the New Testament to the Holy Spirit. He says he he won't leave you as orphans, so motherless and fatherless, uh, but he will never leave us. He will comfort us and guide us and teach us, as in John chapter 14 to 16. And Paul also assures us of the comfort of God, especially in times of trouble, Uh, not only just for us, but he says, with that comfort, you're also going to be able to give it away and comfort other people. So we get ourselves involved in that mothering too. So in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us all in our difficulties so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So you know, pastoral care comes from the comforting of God in us. And so often when you end up pastoring people, you're saying, look, this is how God helped me through that time. This is what happened to me. We are able to pass it on. And you know, when our children were small, particularly, there was no better comfort than being fed by mum. In fact, as some of you know, the production of breast milk is even triggered by a baby's cry. I always found that fascinating. But such is the connection between a newborn baby and the mother. Even the cry generates that comforting milk. So how connected to God are you? You know, have you ever allowed him to comfort you like that? That kind of closeness. I mean, where do you go for comfort? 
You know, especially, I've got to speak to the men. This, this stuff might just be sounding a bit slushy to you right now. But guys, you need comforting. You comfort yourself in ways you shouldn't do <laughs> at times. We all do. We, we drink or we eat or pornography, these sorts of things. Where do you go for your comfort when you need to be comforted? Because God is a God of comfort. And you know, some of the most intimate moments with God are those times of grief and pain when we cry out to him. And it's, it seems that sometimes it's when we cry out that his comfort is released to us when we cry out to him in that way. So I want to encourage you to turn to God for comfort, to allow your cry to draw down the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So he's a God of comfort. Secondly, he's a God who is intimate. You know, from uh, nine months in the womb to the first two years of life, there is no one that influences a child more than mum. That's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, of particular importance during that time is that ability that the child learns to connect and to connect with us. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but from what I understand, if these crucial months uh, go wrong in some way and there's no connection, there's no bonding established between the mother and its child, it profoundly affects the child for the rest of their lives and their ability to connect with other people and to express emotions and develop relationships. And that's because intimacy, intimacy of relationship, is something that we learn from our mums. Think about that, mums. You know, those times that you spend alone with your children seems so endless, you're setting them up for life. That's a fantastic privilege, isn't it? And there's nothing more intimate than motherhood. There's nothing more intimate than pregnancy. I mean, it just astounds me when you, okay, steady. I'm not going to go down that route. But it astounds me how pregnant mums particularly can suddenly become, they're suddenly gone somewhere. They're engrossed with what's going on inside. The kicking of the baby. Just that, those first feelings. And they're suddenly, they're just gone. They're not there in the room anymore. Pregnancy, then birth. I mean, the total focus of birth. And then the forgetfulness that comes afterwards. I find that amazing. The mum just recovers so quickly. And even Jesus comments on it in John chapter 16. Or even the feeding of a baby at the breast. There's such intimacy in motherhood and that connection with children. I mean, who of us dads... You know, having witnessed something of that mystery, the mystery of that bond between a mother and a child, haven't just felt perhaps a little left out, or even neglected, or even jealous because of that intimacy. But that's the picture that God is using when he talks about intimacy with us. So King David, he talks about coming to a state of contentment. Now, for you guys who are thinking this is all a bit mushy, we're talking about King David here, you know? He was the one who slaughtered the giant, cut off his head, and was more victorious than any of the other kings. This is what he said. He talks about this state of uh, contentment and rest in his relationship with God. And I love this, Psalm 131, verses 1 and 2. And he says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. 
My eyes are not raised to high, too high. I do not occupy myself with thing, myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. I love that. King David finds an intimacy there, a closeness with God. He actually, he's finding the mother heart of God. He's resting in God like a child who's just been fed and satisfied. And he's happy actually just to be with his mum, just to hang around in her presence. He's not crying out, he's not anxious, he's peaceful, and this goes to the very depth of his soul. And King David, I love that description of him. He was comfortable enough to go in and sit before the Lord and chat to him. It's a picture in 2 Samuel 7, 18. And that wasn't, that's intimacy, okay? That's intimacy, that's not familiarity, that's not over-familiarity. It's an intimacy where I could just go and sit with God and talk to him. Tell him what's on my heart. Paul describes to the Thessalonians how in their oversight of the church, Paul and his apostolic team deliberately imitated the Lord in their care of them. And in 1 Thessalonians 2, the second part of verse 7, he says, this is how it was, this is how I oversaw you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives with you. Isn't that beautiful? (coughs) It's the kind of oversight I want. (laughs) Like a nursing mother. Have you known the nursing care of the Lord? You know, have you been like the disciple whom Jesus loved? John described himself. He used to like to be intimate with Jesus. He would lie on his breast. (laughs) Have you got that kind of intimacy with Jesus? Where you can tell him your hurts, your disappointments, your failures, and know that you're not judged by him. That's what I used to love about my mum. Still do. I can phone my mum and tell her any failure in my life. Anything I've really messed up, and it was always just lots of hugs, lots of reassurance. That's all right. You did your best. I didn't study for my exams at all, Mum. And I didn't get a single qualification. That's all right. You tried your best, love. (laughs) She really was like that. She still is. I love that scene in the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. You, You read that. It's Calvin, you know, so it's got some kind of theological basis. <laughs> but um, I love that bit with Calvin and Hobbes where he bangs his knee and he's outside in the garden and he wails, you know, like children do. Even if it's the slightest bang, they make a lot of noise, don't they? But then Calvin is suddenly realises that there's nobody around to hear him. In fact, his mum isn't in the garden. So he stops crying thinks, oh. He walks in the house and as he walks through the door, he starts wailing, mum! Just so typical. They want mum's attention. I love that. I love that about mums. That you can just let it all out and know that intimacy and that acceptance. 
And the thing that we learn from mums is unconditional love without judgment. Can you find that in your relationship with God? Do you know that kind of intimacy with him? And the third thing I want to tell you about is that he's a God who protects. So in the process of writing this talk this week, I sent out an email to the ladies of Jubilee, the mums of Jubilee, for their thoughts. And I got some great replies, which I'm keeping. Uh, And I can't share all of them with you, but they were just so helpful in clarifying some of my own thinking. But this one I had to share with you, and it's from Wendy. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I said I wasn't going to use your name, didn't I? (laughs) But ladies, I think you're going to resonate with this and love Wendy even more. So let me just read to you what Wendy said to me. She said this, One of the things that God has shown me is how protective he is of me. I am ridiculously and frighteningly protective of my kids, so much that I'd die for them if I had to. And if anyone hurt them, I'd kill them. (laughs) As a Christian, I probably shouldn't say that, but that's how it is. (laughs) No one hurts my kids. I'm fiercely protective over them. Thing is, if I'm like that, how much more is God's protection and love for me? Isn't that beautiful? Now, we have got our own equivalent version of this in our family. It would often come up on parents' evening (laughs) when our children grew to be less worried about what their teachers would say than what their mother would say to their teachers. As a committed educationalist, my wife had a dim view of teachers that were not doing their job properly. Quite right. So the kids would say before we went, please, mum, be nice to them this time. (laughs) There's no doubt about it, mums are instinctively very protective of their children. And, And they've even been known to perform supernatural acts. You've probably read and heard about them, mothers lifting cars and that kind of thing when there's danger. Uh, a threatening of life to children. Well, here is Father God who lets the mother out when some of the people of Israel try to lead the rest of Israel into sin and idolatry. In Hosea 13, 7 to 8, he says this, So I will be like a lion to them. Like a leopard, I will lurk by the path. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Like a lion, I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. Wow. That's how protective God is. Did you know that about him? So does this justify violence by mothers on behalf of their children? No, but I do think that there is something. (laughs) You can debate this in life group. But I think there is something in mothers particularly that is meant to be fiercely protective when it comes to their children. And I think to be opposite of that is unnatural. And, you know, some of the most shocking news stories that we've all read about is when mothers turn on their children. 
And they treat them in the way that is completely unmaternal. We think, how could a mum have done that? So no violence, but I would say that it's right for you to follow your instincts and to stand up for your children, to fight for what they need in terms of care and education, to protect them from harm and to defend them from wrong influences. And spiritually, I think, even to exercise authority in their lives and pray protective and powerful prayers over them. And for each of you, I think there are definitely times to let the mother out for the sake of your children. Well, here's the other side of the coin, and perhaps a better verse to use from the mouth of Jesus to describe God's protectiveness. It's in Luke chapter 13, verse 34. And Jesus is looking over the city of Jerusalem, and he says this, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. You wouldn't come. You see, hens raise their chicks in a world of predators. And in covering their young with their wings, they firstly hide their chicks from the predator. So the predator doesn't see them and walks on. But secondly, they put themselves between the predator and their young. And there is a need for both. Sometimes it's about hiding your children. It's about not allowing them to be overexposed to things that are in the world or even to expose themselves to harm keeping them hidden, keeping them safe. Well, sometimes it's about putting yourself between the predator and the children, saying no, being strong, getting help. Don't allow things to go on that shouldn't go on. Mums, you're meant to stand up, stand between the threat and your children. Some things are wrong. I just felt... felt that was an important thing to say and make sure that you're protecting the right people, Mother Hen. Stand between the children and the threat. That's part of your role in God. I don't know if you've ever thought of God as a protective Mother Hen. (laughs) But not a controlling or bossy one. I mean, he sweeps us under his wings and is fiercely protective of us. But he's not controlling. I think that's amazing how much freedom God gives us. And often when you think of mother hens, you think of that controlling, overbearing nature. But actually mothers, they are mothers who imitate God in sheltering their young so that they are raising confident children in the knowledge of God. Children that learn to discern right from wrong and are able to be bold because through their mum they learn how to live under the shadow of God's wing. When you teach them what it is to be protected, they then learn from God how to protect themselves. And I think this is a great picture of the family home and the church. There's a definite need to be... uh, to, to Sorry, there's a definite battle to be had for our children today. And there are really some great things in God that we need to learn how to pass on to our children and our grandchildren. 
I love this verse in 2 Timothy 1 where Paul wrote to Timothy. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. I don't know, that's a good thing for a mum to want that, isn't it? I want to be able to pass something good onto my children, to raise them in that protective environment where they find God for themselves. So let me just conclude then, because I've really enjoyed looking at this. Um, When we did the Father Heart of God, I thought about doing this talk then, but I just felt like God wanted to do it on Mother's Day. And the reason for that is because he wants to honour mothers. And to be, this, there is no greater honour actually than to say you are reflecting the nature and the character of God in your mothering. And I just want to honour you for that. I want to honour you in that difficult role that God can give grace to you. He can give you wisdom and help to be all the things that you need to be for your children. And I also want this to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing and being who you are. And I feel like, um, it's, no, I'm going to say this. I feel like God wants to release something amongst the women of Jubilee in terms of that roar of the bear and the protective hen. I think there's something powerful that God wants to release amongst our women, uh, to be fearless protectors and raisers of godly children. Believe that. And that God wants to release powerful women who raise children who are passionate and confident worshippers of God. But there's something for us all in this talk today. Do you know God like that? Do you know the mothering of God? Do you know that comfort? Do you know that protection? Do you know that intimacy of God? When I was uh, preparing this talk on Friday, I actually didn't get very far for about two hours, because I went in nice and early to get it all written. For about two hours, I was transfixed by a picture I saw on the internet, which I meant to put up, but sorry, it's on my Facebook page. Uh, I put it out for Jubilee. But it was a picture of Lucy sitting, gazing at Aslan. And she was transfixed in his presence, but completely at peace and at rest. And I just found myself transfixed by a picture of Aslan, if you like, in my own mind, that picture of incredible and immense power, but incredible safety and gentleness. And that's the best picture I can think of for this talk. That sums it up for me. There's a sensitivity, there's an intimacy, there's an incredible comfort from that place. But there's an incredible power in sitting with a lion 